Welcome to the Reunion Church Podcast. We're a community following Jesus, seeking the good of our city. We hope today's teaching is both challenging and encouraging. If we could be a resource to you on your spiritual journey, don't hesitate to reach out via our website at reunionnyc.com. Good morning. How are we doing? We doing all right? Very good. Glad, yeah. Glad you're here today. Uh, we're working through our uh, church's values. Uh, we're on our fourth value. We're spending two weeks per value looking at uh, this week, covenant community. And I want to continue in that. Um, last week was the first week where we talked about covenant community, and we talked about how um, communal life comes to us in stages, and this can be true of you know, your workplace, it can be uh, true of the gym, it could be true of a pottery club that you're a part of, it could be true of the church. Um, and so uh, that the cycle that we talked to last week was like um, excitement, like this is amazing. And then we quickly get thrown into a sense of disillusionment. Well, it's not exactly what I thought. And if we can push through some of those things, and if we should, quite frankly, then adjustment and growth. So I just wanted, I wanted to put that in front of you as a way of saying, if you didn't listen to last week, it sort of gives um, a helpful vision for um, what we're aware of as we're sort of building and cultivating this um, community. And we talked about this idea. We ended last week talking about this idea of covenant. What does it look like to commit to something in a real way? So we have three weeks left in this series, and I'd like to do something very different today. I want to have like a very concise teaching, just a few minutes here. I want to look at this passage, and then I want to bring three of our community group leaders up so you can hear from them um, what sort of their perspective is on um, leading um, the community groups, but also... um, they, I love that when we're working through some of our preparation, how personal they take the idea of community and the level of ownership they take. And so I want you to hear that heartbeat. Um, if you're new, really glad that you are uh, here today. Uh, let me read our main scripture, and then we'll get right in. If you want to pull it up on your phone, um, you're more than welcome to. It comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 3, um, and it's Paul, verses 3 through 11. Today's teaching text comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 3 through 11. You are still worldly, for since there's jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, aren't you not mere human beings? What, after all, is Apollos, and what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one that's already laid which is Jesus Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. So Father, I thank you for this passage and that that idea of building something with care is really the heartbeat of this whole series where we're talking about what it looks like to cultivate uh, the values that we believe you've given us. And so God, I just, I guess my prayer would be just build your church and I'm just grateful that we could be a part of what you're doing, doing our part um, to love our neighbors as ourselves. And as we look at this passage, I pray that it would just be a a re-reminder of what our foundation is and what exactly that looks like. And so be here in our midst by your spirit. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. 
Amen. So in the New Testament, there are uh, various metaphors given for um, the church. The church is the body of Christ. The church is the temple. The, the people in the church are citizens. And the metaphor that's actually given here is that we're God's building. And so much of the New Testament is actually chronicling um, the growth and expansion of the gospel, the good news about Jesus. And what Paul did was Paul, uh, in his missionary journey, started planting churches all over the Mediterranean world. And these letters that you get after the gospels in the New Testament are him basically writing back to these churches who are facing a myriad of issues. And so Corinthians is written to a community of people that need serious correction. The church is full of drama. Uh, There's elitist attitudes, there's sexual promiscuity, there's a denial of the resurrection, people inside the church are suing one another, Uh, there's even this one uh, sort of obscure passage about how people are coming to some sort of church gathering drunk, and he's like, "We, we need some correction going on in the community, and what's so interesting is the way he starts his book is he's, he's going to point out all of these issues that are going on, but the main thing he says the church lacks is unity. And so Paul essentially writes to them that they forgot the foundation. They had made other things the foundation, and it ruined the church. They were too focused on, and, and you'll see it on your notes there, they were too focused on a leader. They were too focused on the community, and they got too focused on causes. So here's what happens in verse 4. When one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not mere human beings? What, after all, is Apollos? And what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe as the Lord had assigned to each his task. And so what Paul is actually addressing here is this idea of leadership. And leadership is a part of the structure of what we might call like God's building here. And so essentially what's happening in the church is people are arguing. There's this up-and-coming great preacher named Apollos, and some people in the church are like, that's my guy, right? That's my guy. And other people are saying, well, you know what? Paul actually started this church, and so we should actually consider him the leader here. Which leader is more charismatic, right? Which leader is more approachable? Which leader is more close to my stage of life? I actually was doing some research this week. The top reasons people choose a church, number one, uh, I'll give you the top three. Number one was the pastor or the preaching. Number two were doctrines or theology. And number three was the friendliness of members. And the poll was a little bit dated, so I'm like, I was kind of hoping some things maybe had shift. But the point is this. Good leaders are good, and leadership is important. I don't want you to hear me wrong there. Good leaders are good, but not a good foundation. Making a leader a foundational material will actually mean the foundation will ultimately collapse. And, and we can all be honest, right? We, wanna, um, we want someone to lead us at, you know, in our workplaces and um, in the church community. We want them to be charismatic and energetic and driven and dynamic and motivational and all of these things. But uh, we also need to come to a realization that leaders are people with flaws. Um, leaders are people with shortcomings. And if we're really honest, um, we've been around different communities and leaders move on. And so if that's the foundation, then we're just kind of move on with the foundation, right? Um, really quickly, I'll share this. I was reading a book by Caitlin Beatty. She actually lives right here um, in the neighborhood. She wrote a book called Celebrities for Jesus, um, which is a hilarious title for a book, but she defines, um, she talks about how celebrity culture of our world has seeped into so many different, you know, aspects of um, the church, nonprofit, but she talks, I really appreciated this idea that she put forth that a celebrity culture will actually have power A leader will have power without proximity. There's power, there's something that's held, but there's no relationship um, putting that together. 
And when we tend to make leaders our foundations, we actually end up idolizing a person rather than letting Jesus be the foundation. A good leader is good, but not a good foundation. Next is community. A good community is good, but not a good foundation. Uh, Last week, I shared uh, this quote from uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer in his book, Life Together. He said, the person who loves their dream of community will end up destroying the community, but the person who simply loves those around them will create community. When we try to make community the foundation, we actually hinder community, right? Um, Our dreams and our vision for being included and, and being welcomed without deep care and thought are generally ideas of greater homogeneity. What do I mean by that? We are constantly, and, and, and I don't think this is all wrong. Remember, these are good things, right? I don't think this is all wrong, but we're constantly looking for a place to fit in, and where are we looking primarily? We're looking for places of greater homogeneity, where people think like us, where people act like us, and without that care and thought, the natural drift and tendency will actually to be, be to gather with people who look just like me, make decisions just like I do, act like I do, and I, I would just submit to you that's actually not a true form of community. It's actually ultimately unstable when we try to make community our foundation. Um, we're actually making the community about ourselves rather than outwardly just loving people. So community is good, but not a good foundation. And here's the last one. Good causes are good, but not a good foundation. Our church cares deeply about the neighborhood that we live in. That's part of our um, statement is that um, we're a community following Jesus, seeking the good of our city. If you want to go back to four weeks ago, we were talking about um, justice and mercy. And you're going to, if you go back and listen, you'd hear our heart for the formerly incarcerated and individuals in our community experiencing homelessness, children and youth. Um, And even inside of that teaching, um, we encouraged uh, each one of us to think about what is it that stirs in our heart for for the community? And how do we think about um, our time and our resources and putting them into play? And the church should be raising up causes, leveraging its resources and mobilizing its people to make a difference. But the reality is uh, the world around us changes. New needs emerge, causes shift. And so a good cause is good, but as a foundation, it would get squishy and, and settle. But the passage actually comes along and says there actually is something that can bear the weight of this house. There's actually something that can, can be a sure foundation, and it's in verse 10 here. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it. This is Paul talking. But each one should build with care, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one that's already laid which is Jesus Christ, Jesus as the foundation, Jesus as the way, Jesus is the primary thing that actually roots us, and Jesus is the thing that actually, um, as a community, we have in common, right? And those other things, a leader and a community and a cause are, are good, and they're actually really, um, they can be primary things once the foundation is set. And so if the foundation is Jesus, maybe you think about it this way. Um, I was going to draw like a, like a house on your, on your sheet there. I think we ran out of space. But um, if, you think about, um, the, if you think about a house, the foundation is set, what would a good sidewall be? Maybe a good sidewall would be leadership, but with a distinctive quality, servant leadership, right? If, if Jesus is the foundation that actually sets in motion the type of, of servant leadership that we would, we would um, learn from our foundation. We would actually take root in our foundation and we would be a community that values humility and empathy and proximity. Maybe the other sidewall could be community but with a distinctive quality, covenant community. And so if Jesus is the foundation that could set in motion a type of covenant community that values commitment 
and repentance and unity and belonging, but it all actually flows up from the foundation. And maybe this is a little bit cheesy, but maybe the, maybe the roof is like an arrow, right? You think about the, the roof in that way, and it could be the cause, and it could actually be, be the thing that gets us thinking outwardly about our church, right? That our church gathers here um, to, to be reminded of the good news of Jesus, that we actually get rooted in that, but then we get sent out of here for causes, but not just any cause. Actually, um, what it would be is a mission, that, that what Jesus came to do, that he had this mission about the kingdom of God that was being established on earth as it is in heaven, and actually we get to join him in that. And that might be, if the foundation is set, it might be another structural element. And so I guess what um, this is, is really a reminder, what roots our church? What really is a foundation of our church? How do we um, be reminded of that? And then everything else can flow out of that, and we can learn together out of that foundation. So that's my, like, devotional for you today, um, a, little, a little word of encouragement and reminder for each of us. But let's shift gears. I want to have um, three of our community group leaders come up, um, Katie, um, Rachel, Alejandro. I know we got some, some movement here to do. So yeah, you can give them a round of applause. This is going to be so fun. I sent a document out for these three with questions, and they said, we got this. We're not filling out your document. So... No, they, they're, we practice. We're, we're, we're good. Um, so if each of you could share, and we can come down the line here, if each of you could share um, how long you've been a part of Reunion and then um, like what kind of groups you've led um, inside the church or even in a previous experience. Uh, so hi, everybody. My name is Alejandro. Uh, and I started Hero Union uh, back in the fall of 2021. Um, I remember it was the first time the church actually did a service in person. That was our first time here, and so it was really fun to be a part of that. And then... Um, all, all 11 of us? Yeah. <laughs> I counted the chairs. There was mine, and I was like, what is happening? Uh, and, uh, yeah, but since then... Uh, yeah, it's been beautiful to see the church grow, and um, since then I've led or co-led um, since the fall of 2021 uh, different community groups, uh, emotionally healthy spirituality. Um, yeah, it's been great. My name is Katie Rodazel, and I joined Reunion when I moved here in 2020 when we were still meeting virtually. Come and on. You know, everything was weird because you, like, didn't see full bodies. Um, <laughs> but we, I grew up in the church, and so I've been, like, leading different types of community groups for, in different capacities, probably since I was 15, 16. Um, but then, yeah, specifically for Reunion, also led EHS and um, have co-led some things with Rachel. And so, Yeah. Hello, I'm Rachel Ingram. Are we doing surnames? I did. Um, I've been here for like a year and a half and was slowly, like, slowly drifted because Katie, Katie started I recruited it. her. She recruited. Love yeah. it. Um, what? I said I love it. Yeah, good. Um, <laughs> um, and yeah, and I've led groups with Emily Gordon. Where is she? EHS. Yeah, she's wonderful. And um, with Homegirl. Um, spiritual disciplines and just prayer and up and coming Thursday mornings with you, prayer, be there. Um, that's it. 
Uh, we can we can plug that real quick, right? I did it. Didn't okay, I? Thir- yeah, Thursday mornings, 8 a.m. Hybrid, so you could join uh, online or in person. Yeah. Uh, we'll be at our office. So yeah. 8 a.m. You're gonna be you're gonna be on time. Yeah, she'll be on time. <laughs> I'm in the group also. I'll make sure she's. Let's there. go. There we go. <laughs> Accountability <laughs> is important. So let's let's get into this. So we when we think about um, like each of our like. What we want for our life, community, connection, relationship, it's the thing that we so long for. So from your perspective, what makes that so difficult, particularly here in the city? I like how they all look at you. I can start. Um, I think for me, one of the hardest things is, is time. Like, we are so busy. New York is so busy, everybody is rushing when there's someone that's walking slow. Or when people like like get down the stairs on the subway and just stop. <laughs> it's just like, move, what are you thinking? So, you know, an example. Um, holiness. Uh, but yes, uh, time, I think it's, it's really hard to find time. And because of that, it kind of creates like kind of like a bubble around us of like being superficial, just like having like a quick two minute conversation. Like uh, I've been working on like my 90 second pitch when I'm like talking to employers. And so it's just like, you just have that right on the back of your pocket. And, uh, and I think that, that unfortunately is really hard to break out of and like be vulnerable and have a real conversation and be like, this is where I'm hurting. So that's hard to create community. Yeah, I think one of the biggest challenges that I face when I'm thinking about building community is just like the competition of the world and like what we're up against even culturally, right? So it's like um, you have things competing for your your attention, your time, your your desire. Um, And so the things that like actually activate community is actually like this enriched relationship with Christ and like that's where like true connection can take place because it's like on your like soul level um but when you have this competing desire for like oh like but don't we want to go to the cute brunch spot so that we can like be on instagram it's like hard i think to then like find these spaces where you're like actually meeting with somebody who's like trying to get to know you so i just think that like there's like a cultural pull that pulls from your attention of actually like knowing someone Yeah, I think what I've witnessed and experienced in like so many layered ways is transience, I think. People, and and I think in a physical sense, like people sort of coming to the city to achieve and to procure and, you know, and get what, get their vision of the good life and then sort of, you know, move to Montana. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But then I also think there's like a transience that's, like spiritual, like people can't stay still, which I think you've both like alluded mm. to. It's hard, I think, focus and presence and um, costly attention is um, harder to find. Um, and I think that the temptation in that is to to sort of like be stingy with with your life and with your um, time, but that's not the call. So yeah, I think that's that's been. That's great. So I want you guys, uh, if you could sort of answer that, answer your question person, like, you know, from like a personal standpoint. So would be like, how do we, how do we push back against that? The time, the culture, the, the transiency, like, what, what do you think are some ways we can do that? Um, 
personally. Um, yeah. You, yeah, exactly. Um, I think intentionality is definitely required in, in your own life to, at least for me, to be able to say like, I want to have more community in church. How do I do that? Like, I want to be vulnerable. I want, like, how do I get there? And for me, it's like, be intentional about what you're saying yes to. That also means saying no to different things that are pulling at your attention. And especially in New York, where everything is like, this is the last show ever, and this is an amazing <laughs> thing, and it's like, or like hanging out in the park with like some church friends, and it's just like, uh, and I'm not saying those are like, it has to be like an either <laughs> or, but um, I, I think, yeah, just to like, to get to that deeper level, like, you can't force it. Aren't you leading the Summer Fridays I am. at 5.30? You know, yeah, so the it's a great plug. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're gonna have bocce ball, y'all. It's gonna be amazing. Um, yeah, so I, I think it's like, it's being intentional with what you're saying yes to, what you're prioritizing, and then what you like are saying no to, you have to say no to in order to like choose this thing that you, like that we all want. I want like deeper community. Um, I want to like get to know people here better. Um, so that's, that's kind of my answer. Yeah, I think my biggest barrier um, in like trying to develop community, especially like with the cultural poles of like comp competing for my attention, my desires, like all of that is just that like, man, like we, usually the reason that you're seeking community is because you wanna be known, right? Like you want to be seen and like you want to be fully known and like deeply loved in those spaces. And like when we're, just chasing after this idea of like what community looks like or like what like the image of community is, then we're not like actually pressing into like those spaces of being known and allowing for it to be messy because like that's not cute. Yeah. <laughs> but like that's like where like that's where you'll feel loved, that's where you'll feel met. So I think that like the the pushback of like cultural distractions this is the church answer, but it is the answer, is just like really like leaning into your identity in Christ because it's like, man, I can't make you all happy. I just can't. Like, and there's no way. Like, if I do that, like, I'm actually like not giving God the space in my life to like move and like to be the one who like fills me and then gives me the ability to then pour out to my friends. Like, I have a really good friend who talks about all the time, like, we can tell when you're not like practicing Sabbath <laughs> and like you trying to like show up here and be here when like you haven't been with God is like kind of a bummer. Like, <laughs> like, like we'll try, like, yeah, like we'll try to like be there and support one another in this, but like really like maybe you just need to like go be with God because like you're trying to get something right now that like actually like I cannot give you and like I want to sit with you and be with you, but like this is not like where you're gonna be filled. Yeah, you know, Katie, thanks for sharing that because I, there's sort of a temptation on the structural side of like how we build out our community groups 
there's this temptation to like, okay, if we have 12 people all right here from the Upper East Side, and they all gather every, if everyone would just be there every Tuesday, then they'd share a beautiful meal together. And so you you sort of get to think about the practical side of things when actually um, pushing back against like, we're just going to show up and be ourselves and be welcomed. What happens over a period of time is the fruit, right? And I think that's really helpful way to think about it. I know the question, but I'd like to hear it again. Yeah, how do you, how do we, how do we push back against the transiency? Do we just make rent prices low and you know just keep people here forever? What's <laughs> yeah? Commune life. Yeah, um, that's actually what we're here to, yeah, to know how to yeah, do. Great. Um, buckle up. Uh, I think um, I said this earlier um, that the the truth that helps me not measure, I think, the effectiveness or the usefulness, and I feel like Scripture talks about that a lot. Um, like God leaving the wheat in the tares. And it's like, don't try to discern what's what and what's for what. Um, But just taking seriously that the people God has put in front of me are the people I'm supposed to be tending to um, and to not be trying to save anything um, because Jesus didn't try to save. Well, he saved us. Do you like that wordplay? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Conserve anything. Um, And so, yeah, I think just um, taking very seriously that, God is orchestrating um, and, and populating my life um, and just being faithful and stewarding it and moving slow, slowly. Um, yeah. That's great. All right, let's get to a couple more questions here. Um, last week we talked about uh, four stages of community. Um, excitement, like this is going to be amazing. Um, disillusionment, this isn't exactly what I thought it would be. Adjustment and then um, growth. Have you guys seen this to be true um, in your community group, in your own personal life? I can go. Here we go. Yeah, I think um, we were talking about like the difference between attending church, because I went to my first church in New York City when I was like 20. Well, I'm from here, but as an adult, chose my first church at 21, and I'm now 31. And how I enter a church, like the questions I enter a church with are very different than the questions I entered church with at 21, which was like, how is this for me? Like, are there, um, do I like those people? Do they sing well? Um, <laughs> are they smart? You know, things like that, which are all important things. And yes, yes, yes to all that in this, <laughs> I saw worship. Um, but I think um, nowadays, I think, so the, the trajectory, um, the romance that you sort of enter with as a young person um, or an immature person, because you can be young and know better, um, is, um, is very quickly when you talk to a person for more than two minutes, you learn, oh no, they're not who I want them to be fully. Um, and I think now the question is more, um, who am I called to be in this space? Um, and uh, yet yeah, taking seriously, I think that like the church is not a place that you go to be served, though that happens uh, if the body is functioning well, um, but it's a place where you're, you're called to like, um, yeah, mature and and to be God's hands and feet. And I just was listening to your talk earlier, oh, yeah. just now. Um, and the the First Corinthians thing, though, like I was I was struck by um, this sort of parallel movement, which is we're like coworkers. So there's this thing outside of us that we're building, yep. but like also we are being sanctified and made holy all the time. So we are also what's being worked on. And I think that concept of church was not in my mind at 21, it was like very much what's in this for me. Um, 
and how, how do I like what's happening? Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that like when, like, I agree, like similar <laughs> situation. And I, I think that like when I think about what it looked like to choose the church that I went to in my 20s, like it was very much so like, oh my gosh, like am I going to like find a place where I am just like, yeah, again, like where I'm seen, where I can like show up, like where I can get like invited to things, where I can like find a husband, where I can like, Come you know, on. just like all these things you're like looking and you're like trying to like be like filled in these spaces. And again, we have need, like the Lord has created us that way. So that's not like a shame or like an indictment to like <laughs> don't have desires for anything but God. Like <laughs> it's like God has given you these desires and they're good and they're beautiful. But when we are showing up to church, like, are we like showing up to it as a space where we're trying to see like what we can collect? And it's like this thing where we're like trying to like be refueled for the week. Or is it this space where we're remembering that like, oh, like I am the church, like, which means that like, if I am reading my Bible and I understand the relationship between God and the church, like I'm the beloved. And like, I am so like already loved, like, by showing up and being the church. And so now I'm no longer showing up with the posture of uh, like, can I, can I have it? Like, can I be filled? You know, it's like you're, you're showing up knowing that, oh, it's already been bestowed upon me. Like the Holy Spirit is in me. Like I get to like pour out, I get to like fuel like the knowing of Jesus for other people. Like it's a space where like gifts can be given freely because I'm like, being mindful of the fact that I have been forgiven of so much. Um, I think for me, the, the thing that I keep coming back to is like those four stages happen not just in community group, not just in church, in every area of our life, right? Every, every single new thing has like aspects of those transitions. Um, and so I think for me, where I've seen like the last part, the growth has been in self-reflection and being like, okay, like this is not what I expected. I was really excited at first, but now it's like, okay, let me reflect, let me adjust, let me like manage expectations about what I thought, what I wanted this to be versus what it actually is. And then from there, hopefully be really vulnerable with yourself and like what you want. And you start kind of the cycle all over again of like, I am excited about this actually now that I've like thought about it, I've reflected, I've like seen what this actually is where I am with God and who I want to be made in his image. And then from there, it's like, okay, I'm excited to like continue on this journey. That's great. All right, so let's get to this. We'll try and get to these two last questions here. Um, we've had uh, five kind of cycles of groups, a fall, uh, a winter, spring, and then a summer, and then a fall, and then winter, spring. How do you think, um, as a community group leader, how do you think the church, we as a church, can be more proactive in helping cultivate deeper community? So maybe, um, like, not, not as much personal is the question, but more like, as a community group leader, how do you think we can cultivate deeper community? Hello. Uh, I, I feel like I'm stealing this from you because we've talked about it so much. Um, so sorry, or it, it was her. Um, I, I think depth uh, is from the Holy Spirit, um, and it's not a thing that you can manufacture or force. 
It's like a DNA thing, and I think how we um, show up to all of the spaces, small groups, church, um, our coffees, you know, with each other. Um, yeah, how we show up to that is how we're going to show up to worship and show up to small groups. And um, I completely forgot what I was going to say. And go ahead, help me. Yeah, I think that like that we oftentimes like hear like the question sounds like a try harder question, right? It sounds like the answer would imply do this, do this, do this, yep. and then you, you got it, you yep. know? And like, that's great if you like a task list. <laughs> But it's not great if you're like actually like looking to like understand that like your relationship and like your like posture with Christ like is the destination. <laughs> like your like the whole time that you're like in that relationship with him is like actually he is the one who is cultivating that like depth and he's the one who is like giving you the space and the capacity and yeah, all those moments that maybe like in day-to-day -day life that you would like feel um the need or the desire to recoil, um, to protect, to defend those moments where you feel like you're all you've got. And so then you're trying to like muster up all this stuff to like try and like get things done to be the best parent, to like, you know, lead your team at work effectively, like all these different things that you're trying to do. Like you are able to like relinquish that <laughs> if you're like centered and knowing that like, well, that is actually cultivated by God and like I'm the vessel for that. And so, like, I don't have to be a tryhard. Like, I can actually just, like, let go a little bit and, like, allow the Holy Spirit to, like, take root. Yeah. And I think practically what that looks like, I know Emily and I started our group every week with, like, silence. Um, and so I think just, like, saying less more often um, mm. is very useful to hear what God is like and what he wants to say to you. Um, and I think, like, spaces for worship, which I know we've talked about, um, just allowing for... Um, what you said, like the foundation to be seen at, for what it is, which is not, we are not the sun, like Jesus is the center of it. And so how are we getting out of the way um, and like being, yeah, making space. Um, and I think that's like very literally like space, moving slower, talking less, um, praying more. That's um, good. Yeah. Oh. Let women speak. I <laughs> I, I would love for Katie to speak. You're savage. Oh, that was good. Um, the other thing that I was just going to say is that, like, we, I've recently been, like, reading Tozer, and he talked about, like, this posture of, like, everyone can kind of, like, acknowledge that there's probably a God, and, like, they can, like, engage on that on whatever level they want to and, like, be, like, passive about it and, like, yeah, I think it's like, you know, we, lots of people like are agnostic or have a different faith that claims a higher power. And so like that feels like, like easily acceptable to a large percentage of people, but people who are actually like engaging as worshipers and like actually like on your hands and knees, like, like going before God and like worshiping him and praising him and like actually being filled in that way from him because you're not just like, yeah, sure, like God probably exists and like, what does that mean for me? But like practically what it means for me is I get to be a worshiper yeah. and I get to like really like glorify a God who loves me. Yep. Um, yeah, I think um, y'all have said like everything yeah. that, yeah, yeah I'm just like, damn it. Um, but yeah, I think like just 
can say. Yeah. Next question. Awesome. Yeah. All right, let's, let's end here. Um, personally, what do you um, long to see in the community here at Reunion? And, and you know what, Katie, what you said I think is really important is this is not the, this is the, the end goal. This is the thing you long to see, not the to-do list to get there, right? So it doesn't have to, be, you know, it's just like you personally, what do you long to see? What kind of community do you want to see cultivated that you say, I want to show up to that space because it's actually life-giving to me? Um, I think a community that, first of all, is very welcoming, which everybody says that. Uh, but I think, what, what does that mean? It means a community that knows me, that loves me, and that is there in the vulnerable times and the hard times, but it's also like a community that knows how to celebrate each of us in like the fullness of what Jesus made us to be, right? It's like a community with all of us and it's in communion with God. Um, so, I think that is something that I always want to say yes to. Um, and I was just reading the quote from last sermon about Tim Keller, that it was the covenant. Covenant is this beautiful marriage of the law and love. Law that says, I am committed to you. I am committed to being there for the hard times, for the good times, for the slow times, for the happy times, and that I want to love you, I want to know you intimately, and I don't want to just be this superficial, like, hey, like, good job on that, or like, I saw on Instagram this, which is impossible to do with like, you know, like, three, four, five hundred people, but like, in, in, in your group, to be able to like, really like, push into it, and, and be like, I love coming to church because these people know who I am. They celebrate me for who I am in Jesus. They don't celebrate me for who I can be or my potential. Um, yeah. That's great. Yeah, I think, like, <laughs> my first thought was just, like, oh, well, what I want is actually, like, pretty gross. So, like, <laughs> like um, oh, please say probably, more. Yeah, uh. <laughs> you know, it's, like, because when you ask that, it's, like, it's all very self-serving. You know, it's, like, oh, well, I, obviously, like, I want to be, like, I want to be seen and I want to, like, you know, it's, like, Okay, and the, again, not bad, but not the foundation, right? Yeah, and so totally. it's like there's this idea of like, oh, like the kind of community that I want to walk into probably doesn't sound very fun because I would want to be a part of a community where every single individual is actually like cultivating their relationship with Christ and is like picking up their own personal investment because then when you walk into a space like that, it's like everybody knows who they are. Like everybody knows their role. Like everybody is like like working through like to their savior as opposed to like trying to like be pulled in 20 different directions to all these other people. And so there's a lot of, um, you know, just a lot of false self and a yeah. lot of like false community that happens in those spaces. And so trying to remove that, yeah. right? Like I want to be a part of a community where people are like searching for God with integrity. And then it's like, oh, then like I'll deal with your mess every day if you're doing that, because like I know that you'll have my back. I know that we'll be doing that together. I know that we'll be like doing that like arm in arm and that like 
that's like the fun mess of life that like I really like, you know? Yeah. It's like I can have your problems instead of mine. <laughs> I don't think that's gross. I think that's I think it's partly realistic, right? Like I I think that was one of our goals in even doing this panel was like how do we how do how do we as a community come more realistic, right? Like it, the, my tendency is like things get a little messy, I run, you know? But now we're saying like actually we're very aware that that's going to happen. So how do we stick with it? You know, there's things that, you know, maybe not my preference, you know, but actually there's beauty and commitment and showing up anyway and talking through it and pushing through conflict and drama and all those things. And that's where you get to cultivate that type of depth. So, all right, last one, here we go. Yeah, well, I'm a storyteller and I, my life has been changed by the like events of the gospel. I, I was listening to some pastor who said that Christianity is a series of events, which was so moving to me. Things happened and changed things. And I think, um, yeah, being a part of a body who is um, faithfully um, reminding themselves and each other of the story that we say we believe and um, playing our roles and learning our lines and, and um, yeah, experiencing the freedom that comes with um, being in the story and um, being with God. Yeah. You guys are awesome. Uh, can we give them a round of applause? Um, I, I want to I say this. The band, the band can come up, um, but um, will you guys stay here for just a second? I'll pray. Um, I just want to say this. Uh, these, these three... Um, actually are a wonderful resource. Uh, I would encourage you actually to talk to them um, if you're uh, already a community group leader. They're thinking through some of these things. But also, um, if you're interested in a community group or, you know, you're wanting to grow deeper, um, I, I didn't ask you if I could do this, but um, even just um, talk to them today because I think they're, they're stewing around what it actually means to cultivate um, real depth in relationships. So uh, let me pray and then um, we'll do communion together. Uh, so, Father, I love you, and uh, thank you for, um, for building your church, um, for the ways that maybe we've been, been thinking about some things wrong, where we've been thinking about um, how, to, how to craft the perfect group or um, how to get into the right space, but actually um, what we're realizing is that you're doing a deep work in us, and we get to show up in spaces, and I pray for a, a deeper uh, vulnerability. I pray for more intentionality um, around um, who we are in your son. And um, as we come to the communion table um, this morning, I, I pray that it would be a rerouting for each of us in our foundation and um, the life that you want to draw us into. And so we love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen.